This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome back to Sticks and Stacks of the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host, and joining me again, he missed him last week, Nate Lundy, our hockey expert. You can follow Nate at Nate Lundy on Twitter. How's it going, Nate? Not too bad. It was nice to take a little uh, vacation. I went south of the border, got uh, some vitamin D, but uh, now back in uh, snowy Colorado, uh, quite the temperature difference, I'm not going to lie, to come back and 24 hours later get some snow. But uh, hey, it's hockey season, so it's supposed to be chilly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You can't skate on, well, they're not going to schedule one of those down south anytime soon, at least. So we look at a a light schedule on the docket tonight, but there are some good matchups to be had. Uh, And we'll just kick right into it here. The Sharks visit the Caps. The nice thing about these, by the way, these three that we're looking at is they're kind of spaced out on time. So you'll be able to kind of uh, uh, watch a lot of these, too, if you want to go ahead and and look at some opportunities in each of these games. The Sharks, uh, 50-50 on the road 10 and 10 but obviously a team that's over 500 uh, they've had a decent season they're not the capitals of course who are 23 11 and 9 and 12 6 and 5 at home but i think they're enough to be dangerous how do you see this one breaking down well, I, I think this one, Sean, we've got to pay attention to uh, to the home team. Uh, I mean, obviously, you talked about the Sharks not being terrible on the road. I mean, I think any NHL team would be more than happy to, you know, basically be 500 on the road, right? If you can get, uh, you know, if you if you go out on a three-game road trip, for example, I think a lot of times teams are perfectly happy if they come back with three points. Uh, you know, maybe you pick up a win, maybe you get an overtime uh, to be able to snag an extra road point. But I think that is, you know, when you're playing about 500 on the road, you got to feel pretty good about that. But Washington um, is a pretty solid team at home. The Caps do play well at home. We know the kind of season that Ovi's having. Um, And so in this particular case, I'm going to lean towards uh, Washington when we're talking about what our bet would be for tonight. Uh, But you can tell that the odds makers expect that. And so we're seeing the Washington Capitals right now on the money line. If I if I pull up DraftKings, for example, the money line for the Caps right now is a minus 215. And to me, that's just really high. From a betting standpoint, not really interested in something that gets up that high. But if I take this and I slide it over to the 60-minute line and I just look at the Caps to be able to do it in regulation, I can take that all the way down to a minus 140. And I feel a lot more comfortable with that with the Caps at home. Um, I, I would expect them to be able to score, probably snag, um, an early lead uh, and then just try to be able to hold off what the Sharks do. So this could wind up being a contest, Sean, that, you know, it might finish in the, you know, four to two, three to one type of range. But I think the Caps can handle it within regulation. And so I'm willing to be able to bring that money line down by doing it on the 60 minute line and get myself to that minus 140. Yeah, I think that makes an awful lot of sense. Obviously, the last time these two teams played, and it's been a while, it was back in November, but the Caps uh, shut the Sharks out in San Jose 4 to nothing in that particular game. Uh, Ovi had two goals. Alexander Ovechkin, of course, uh, an opportunity to score again as always but i guess when you're looking at that 60 minute line which i like i looked at, i'm looking at a, a player prop in particular that i like because i'm a i'm a player prop kind of guy in a lot of ways and uh, looking at those goal scores sometimes hockey goal scores are tough to guess and i really don't love going first score unless there are uh, really really high odds with a lot of guys because i like putting in maybe a three or four, knowing that if any of those hit, then I come out ahead. But this one, it's even simpler for 
me. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov has eight points in the last 10 games. Uh, we know uh, who he skates with, and he is an anytime score over at DraftKings at plus 215. So I don't hate that. And even if you wanted to go just the money line, even with that tremendous uh, juice you're paying at that minus 215, and go with the Caps to win and Kuznetsov to score a goal, now you're up to plus 300. And I don't really hate that, given the, the odds. So I think that's one of the ways that I may look at it, but I do like what you're doing with the, that 60-minute line because I do feel that obviously the Caps are the better team and they're pretty good at home. If you do like the the, the puck line, that's an interesting one, though, because the Caps, like I mentioned, 4-0, they are a plus 120 on the puck line in part because the Sharks uh, in the basically over the last uh, – 20 games are averaging over 30 shots per game. They haven't led to as many goals as they'd like, but they have put a lot of shots on net. You never know how that's going to shake out. So I don't even mind necessarily uh, the caps on the puck line simply because you don't normally get the favorite on the puck line with a plus number too often. And so yeah, that that yeah. I like as well. So I think those are a couple of ways to do it. Uh, you can go with that puck line for, for the Caps, or, you know, you can pick one of those scores. But if you're going to go with Ovechkin, like you think about it, he's actually negative. He's in a minus, a minus 135 on DraftKings to score a goal. And even with a guy like Ovechkin picking a person to score a goal in any given game, that's pretty tough. So I like going with someone like Kuznetsov, who's been hot, but you find yourself in pretty good plus money. I think that's a great play. And again, if you're trying to find the plus money, uh, those anytime goal scorers, and you're right, it's hard to predict in 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 hockey. Um, you know, you can lean towards some guys or you can look for some trends. And, and there's actually a guy we're going to talk about later on in the podcast that I think is a good bet for you uh, on a player prop tonight. But, uh, you know, it is really difficult to try to predict those goal scorers. But you're right that, you know, sometimes that's where you got to take a little bit of a flyer as a better. Yeah, I, you know, obviously I'm one of those guys that I wouldn't say I'm allergic to to paying some of the juice, but I'd prefer not to. So I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and, and manufacture something if uh, if I have to. So uh, that's just what we're looking at at this one now. A little bit later start over on TNT, a national game that you'll be able to catch part of that doubleheader tonight. And, of course, we'll hit the back end of it in this as well. Uh, one of the best rivalries in hockey, one of the oldest rivalries in hockey, two teams that uh, are not really among the league's best, but they're they're pretty evenly matched. That would be the Chicago Blackhawks coming into Motown to play the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings, oddly, 500 on the year, 18, 18, and 6. But, Nate, 13 of those 18 wins are at home. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we can we can lean towards uh, Detroit. And if we're looking at just a pick on the money line in this particular game, it is uh, it is where I lean. And this is essentially a pick em. If you take the Blackhawks on the money line, it's a minus 105. If you take Detroit on the money line, it's a minus 115. I so, hate that. I yeah, hate when that happens. You're basically looking at a pick em with this one. But, Sean, I'll tell you where I really want to lean with this one, and it's on the under. Um, it sits at five and a half. Uh, it's juiced just slightly to the under at a minus 115. So not nothing dramatic, but it's away from that standard 110. Uh, and part of the reason for that is if you take these two teams and they're each of their last 10 games. So if you we're talking about 20 matchups, OK, you take the last 20, uh, 10 on each side. These teams have only managed to go over a total of seven of those 20 times. And in fact, in their last five meetings in Detroit, 
they have gone under. Like these are two teams that just sort of play this, Sean, like just as you would expect original six teams to play, right? right. I mean, just, you know, kind of black and blue. You're checking guys into the board. We may have a couple of five for fightings over the course of the game. Uh, it just it feels to me like one of these games that, you know, if we're if, for example, one of the bets that's become really popular in hockey that you and I've talked about before, the goal in the first 10, sometimes called a gift. Um, you know, will there be a goal in the first 10 minutes of a game? It's become a very popular bet for people to do sort of like uh, a no run first inning that we were doing in baseball season right. uh, with you and Jen Piacenti. Um, but, uh, you know, this is a game where I it, it wouldn't shock me if this is still zero zero at the end of the first, just because both of these teams, um, they have struggled a bit offensively, but they do. Um, they play hard. Um, like I said, lots of hits, block shots, all those kinds of things playing into it. And so, you know, there's a reason that that is juiced just slightly to the under at the five and a half. But I really think um, that this is going to be a fun game. Um, but at the same time, you talked about it being, uh, you know, the first part of the of the doubleheader tonight. I think that if folks tune in or are not huge hockey fans, but just get a chance to be able to watch some puck tonight between two, uh, you know, great rivals, uh, you know, it, it, you may be sitting back for a little while waiting for a goal to happen. Yeah. And if you do, I guess I'll take a look at it and say that's where you want to take a look at a guy like Alex to There are more famous teammates uh, on Chicago. And when you're thinking of uh, obviously Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane, I get all that. But very quietly on a, on a bad team. And even though he is a minus 13 in plus minus this year, by far the worst of the top goal scorers to is fifth in the entire NHL with 24 goals. That's one behind Austin Matthews and only five behind Alex Ovechkin. So Dabrinkit is putting in a lot of goals, doesn't get a lot of assists, 24 goals to only nine assists. Part of the reason is he's a smaller guy. He is blazing fast and he gets a lot of breakaway chances. So if you were looking for one of those uh, anytime scores, that's one of the options that makes sense. The other thing we were talking about, sometimes the first score, it's if you feel like rolling the dice i've looked at these situations and i don't mind it when all the numbers are high the first scores over at DraftKings for to is a plus 900 for dylan larkin it's a plus 950 he's the red wings leading goal scorer with 19 uh tyler bertuzzi of course is in that mix it but plus 1000 and patrick kane and plus 1200 if you're going to put one unit on each of those guys and one of those four and they're, those are the four top scorers in the game, happens to hit the first goal, then at worst, you're up five units. So those are the kind of situations where I don't mind doing that sort of thing. Uh, but I like your idea of the under as well. These teams are not great goal scorers, although it's probably worth noting, Nate, that they played one time earlier this year and they combined for nine. Oh, yeah, they definitely <laughs> broke. They definitely broke the mold. And and I'll be honest with you, Sean, that's part of the reason why I'm leaning to the under on this one is because a lot of times when you see these teams that probably should not have these offensive explosions and you know that they did or did in a particular meeting that took place or, you know, even a, against a different opponent, perhaps they, you know, they, they had a couple of high scoring games leading up to it. I always feel like, uh, you know, in, in sports in general, the law of averages catches up to you. Um, and so you're right. Uh, the extremely high scoring game the first time they played, which is what leads me to think that this thing might wind up with a final of something like two to one. 
Yeah, I can imagine that, too, in part because of the goaltenders. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is not having a, the record you want, but the goals against a 2.76 is perfectly respectable. Save percentage of 913. And on, on the other side, when you look at uh, Thomas Grice is, is, is hurt. He's their backup anyway. He's not going to likely play in this game. But when you look at Nadeljevic, 12 and 11, about the same kind of thing. But compared to Fleury's 2.76, he's 2.79 goals against and a save percentage even a little better at 9:15. So uh, these are guys that can actually uh, stop the puck, even though the teams in front of them uh, don't score a lot of goals. So I, I'm with you. I love the under in this one. And uh, when you're looking at the money line, you don't have a, a lot of juice you have to pay on either side. And on the 60-minute line, of course, you talked about that in the last game, Nate, uh, both of these teams are in the positive. So if you just have a feel, hey, I'm okay with going with your gut. Yep, absolutely. All right, we'll go to the final one of the night. Obviously, uh, Nate and I were located out here in Colorado. I have some visibility into this one. And, of course, if you've been watching hockey, hard to ignore what the Colorado Avalanche are doing. They have won 17 consecutive home games. They are 29-8-3. They're 18-2-1 at home, but they're playing the Boston Bruins. The Bruins, one of the better road teams in the league at 10-5-1. Of course, uh, their record is outstanding at 24-13-12. But... They are playing in Denver. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, and that's going to be the challenge. And this is this is a really interesting one, because one thing we can throw out and there's no you know, there's no analytics or anything behind this. But but Sean and I are both very, very familiar with this. And that is Denver is a bit of a melting pot, folks. And so this game tonight is going to have a ton of of Boston fans at it. It is just what you can expect here in Denver. It happens when the Bruins are here. It happens when the Pittsburgh Penguins are here. It happens when the Chicago Blackhawks are here. Um, It is something where there are enough transplants in Denver um, that we frequently wind up with these games where, you know, if you're watching this on national television tonight, uh, if you're watching this game, you're going to sit back and go, man, there's a lot of cheering for, you know, for, for Pasternak or for, or for Marchand or, you know, whatever you happen to know with the Boston squad. Um, and so it does make things really interesting. So as much as Colorado has this amazing uh, home ice advantage, uh, it is always something that is uh, a bit of an oddity when we see these teams come in. This is one that, um, you know, I, Sean, I, I, you know, I, I, I've talked about it on the podcast before, and I talk about what I refer to as a TYG, which is a trust your gut. Um, and I am going to trust my gut a little bit on this one. And my play in this game Uh, is actually going to be, believe it or not, to take the under. Um, As much as we have seen the scoring across the entire league be um, high, especially coming out of the COVID pause that we had over the Christmas break, we've seen a lot of scoring in the league, not the least of which uh, is Colorado. But Colorado's scoring has cooled off over the course of the last few games. And, you know, expecting them to maintain the the unbelievable pace of goal scoring that they were on. Yeah, they're uh, at four the plus plug. on the season, which is ridiculous. Exactly. And they were hotter than that. Um, and, and and expecting that to happen again. What did I just say a second ago? Law of averages tends to catch up with you, even when you're a really good offensive team like Colorado is. Colorado's actually been under in five out of their last six games. So uh, they have relied on some very good goaltending, including a couple of shutouts um, that have that have come along the way here. And so I, I think this is actually going to be surprisingly uh, a game where you can take the under. Now, I can tell you as of tape time, if you take the under on the six, it's actually plus 100 odds uh, over at BetMGM because so many people are taking the over of the six in part because of what we've seen Colorado be able to do. So there's another option that you can do that I was checking out uh, uh, with BetMGM a little bit earlier today, and that is 
because it's plus odds at six, you can actually, if you bump that up to six and a half, so therefore, you know, a 4-2 final is not a push. It's actually a win for you as a better. Um, because it's at plus odds, that line only moves to a minus 120, which is not all that bad. Not for that um, line, no. Not for six and a half, no. Exactly. Um, and, and so that is one where um, I, I think they're going to stay under six. I could easily see this be a 3-2 game. But... If you want that margin of error, just in case, um, you know, that, that you want to buy yourself that little bit of, uh, of some wiggle room because the plus odds exist at the six, you could actually take it to six and a half, take it to that alt line, still take the under uh, and, and you can get yourself, you know, you're going to pay a little bit of juice, but you're going to avoid the push. I love that. Obviously, you don't get that many opportunities to be in, you know, in, in plus money or a tiny amount of juice with a, a an over under that high. And it's a really good point. The Avs have three shutouts in their last nine games. And even though they've been winning, two of those games have been with the two goal games. So they have been winning some closer games, some of the more playoff type games. And, and that may end up being what you see tonight. Uh, I really do like pasta tonight. He has been blazing hot, 11 goals, four assists in the last 10 games. Uh, the ability to have him at least uh, get a point, if not a goal, I think looks pretty good on the other side. Uh, Nassim Kadri has been a bit of a revelation, but it's Miko Rantanen that I have my eye on 13 points over the last 10 games, including six goals. So those two guys are putting yeah. in a lot of goals, but there are good goaltenders in this game. And one of the ones that I kind of like, Nate, is I go to that 60-minute line, and I sort of like it going to overtime. I know it's – totally it's, see that. Yep. Then the, right now over at DraftKings, the draw, so if it goes to OT, is a plus 350. And I don't hate that all that much. So that's something that I may be looking at with these two teams, that they're both very – evenly matched in a lot of ways. Colorado's obviously off to a remarkable start, but at the same time, when you've won as many in, in a row as the Avs had, just like you mentioned, eventually the averages catch up to you. They are going to lose at home again at some point. And, and uh, as they finish up this homestand, they will be going on the road for a bit. I've seen teams at times get a little bit ahead of themselves thinking about that road trip and maybe not having their A game that night. So I think a draw makes a lot of sense. And I even don't mind the Bruins on the money line at a plus 150. It just feels to me, and I, I could be wrong, the Avs have not lost again in six, uh, 17 home games at this point, but it just feels like the odds say eventually uh, they have to have a stinker here and there. This one might be the one. Well, and, and if you go back and look, Sean, at the um, uh, at the home winning streak that they've had, and it's not to say that it's been entirely that case, but you can say at least over these last few, um, the the opposition for the Avs has not exactly been the cream of the crop within Correct. the league. And we know that Boston's a good team. So, um, you know, I think Boston is good. This is the first game of the road trip, if I'm remembering correctly, for Boston. They've just finished up a really long home stand. Um, so they do have a roadie here that they're doing, and they're starting in Denver. So, um, you know, it, they're fresh. They're not coming. This isn't one of those where it's like the you know fourth game on a five-game road trip or anything like that. Another player prop I want to throw out, because you threw out a couple of them uh, that are there. First of all, um, if you like pasta and you want to take a little bit of a flyer, DraftKings has a special on the game tonight for pasta to score two or more points. So points. not as points. All right. Um, and they've got it boosted to a plus 275. Um, so if you like pasta tonight, that's not a bad one to be able to jump on. If you go to DraftKings, it's listed under their specials um, for tonight. And it's not goals. Again, it's just for him to have two or more points. But I want to throw this out there to you. And that is Taylor Hall. Um, for him to score a point, 
is um, a point goal or an assist is only a minus 120. Um, and here's the part of the reason why I like that. Um, Hall has had at least a point in four out of his last half, half dozen games. So in four out of his last six, but in his career, he has 32 points in 27 games against Colorado. So he's averaging more than a point a game when he matches up against the abs over the course of his career. So this is an opponent uh, that he gets up for. He feels confident in, regardless of whether it is uh, in Boston or in Colorado. Uh, clearly, this is one of those opponents that he just feels good when he's out there on his skates. And this is one of those stats that I do like to go look at with players. Somebody that averages a point or better over the course of their career against a particular opponent um, is always something that raises a bit of an eyebrow for me. And to see him at only minus 120 to get a point, um, I, I, I really like that one tonight. I think you're right about Pasta and the tear that he's been on. But don't be surprised if Hall's not in the mix as well. I, I like you brought that up because that's something you and I haven't really talked about this season. When you are looking at player props, one of the things that makes a lot of sense, not necessarily for goals, but points like you're talking about tonight Oftentimes, the guy that's not the star on the line with the star is a good option. The odds are longer, but you know when a when a star player gets a goal, usually uh, one of the line mates ends up with an assist, and so that's one of the situations that makes a lot of sense that you can capitalize on too. So when you know those, even if you know the line pairings or you look up the line pairings and, and you find out where some of these guys are. Uh, this ends up being a, a good bet in a lot of cases when you're just looking at points, not goals. There are good opportunities to maximize into the plus money for finding the teammate, usually the unsung one, uh, on on a top line on any sort of team like that. So I think uh, when you talk about a guy like Hall, it gets a little overshadowed, though he probably shouldn't. I think that's a really good fit as well. So there's a lot of different ways that we can slice and dice tonight's hockey's games in a ways that you can look at some player props in ways that uh, you can look at the 60-minute lines, which uh, Nate has done a good job bringing to you and explaining how all of that works, and uh, even a, maybe a little parlay or two. So we'll be looking forward to these games, and we'll be back with you on Friday to take a look at it again. Uh, thanks for all the, the insight, Nate. This is going to be a fun night of hockey. Yeah, it is. Like we said, light slate, but some good matchups on the docket. Hey, I, I only have two eyeballs. I can only watch so many at once. So as long as I have two, three good games, uh, I'm happy with it. So that's what we definitely have tonight on the national broadcasts as well. We'll be back with you on Friday to touch base with the rest of the NHL again. Thanks for listening. You can always subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want to follow Nate on Twitter, it's at Nate Lundy. And if you want to follow me, it's at S Drotar. That's S D R O. T-A-R. So for Nate Lundy, I'm Sean Drotar, and we'll catch you next time right here on Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.